Welcome to Discover Lafayette, a podcast celebrating the people and rich culture of Lafayette, the gateway to South Louisiana. I'm Jan Swift, and we're here to celebrate the artistic work of Cece Newstrom, and in particular, her Acadian Heritage Series. This is a special audio and video podcast being taped by videographer Kelly Swift. Cece Newstrom has created breathtakingly beautiful oil portraits of present-day descendants of Acadian settlers who arrived in South Louisiana in the mid-1700s. To date, her work showcases the Babineau, Bro, Broussard, Como, Guidry, Hébert, Leblanc, and Préjean families. While many of us are familiar with events surrounding the expulsion of the Acadians from Nova Scotia in 1755, paintings depicting that era always seem to include large groups of people and not the individuals affected by the tragedy. Cece's oil portraits draw you in, making things real. You can feel the strength and the grit of the Acadians who survived and thrived. It's hard to explain the energy that surrounds these paintings that honor our region's Acadian lineage. I'm honored to welcome Cece Newstrom to discuss the life events that led her to create the Acadian Heritage Series and to allow you to get to know this wonderful artist and her work. Cece Newstrom. Thank you, Jane. Thank you Thank for you. being a part of this podcast. It's so much my honor. And you've um, inspired me. I haven't done video in a while. It's been audio, especially with the pandemic. And I just thought I have to capture this in video also so that we can show you and the beautiful art. It's it's stunning. Thank you. Well I've never done audio or video, so <laughs> here you go. <laughs> this is all it's all new to me. Yeah. Here. So we're here in, in a BBR creative. Yeah. Uh, Cherie joined us uh, during the day and we're taping in the beautiful you yes. know, office uh, downtown where she showcased your work. Yeah. So, yes, their yeah. their their new facility here is just magnificent, yeah. and you know, I want to say, look, if you decide to move, let me know first because I might want to I, I might want to move in. It's they did such a marvelous job. Let's jump in and talk about your life because you were not a painter for no. the majority of your life. No, right? Absolutely. No. What led you to this? What What was your background? Well, my background was education actually and uh, but I did not teach that long into you know the, that career I ended up going into petroleum land work land man or as some people rephrase it land ma'am land ma'am, land ma'am. Mm-hmm. and um, ended up 30 years researching families of South Louisiana and um, and some other surrounding states as well um, you know I would be able to visit them on their farm their farmlands, uh, their homes, sit and drink coffee with them. And, um, and you, you learn, you quickly learn the interconnectedness between many of the, the Acadian families. And uh, so for 30-something years, I had that privilege of uh, meeting them and really getting to learn more about the individual families, as well as visiting the local courthouses, where I had to technically research the ownership uh, the land and the minerals that they had. So, and I, I want to say, as I, I used to do oil and gas work too, you don't just research the past thirty years. You go back to severance when you do oil and gas work. You go back, yes, to the yes, beginning of time. Yes, you do. <laughs> so. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Well, for leasing, you you go back thirty or forty years. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if there's been production, and then if, you know, once production is established, you do need to go all the way back to severance mm-hmm. and follow it forward. Right. So there you really see, you know, the magnitude of the interconnectedness mm-hmm. between the lands, the families, you right. know, the, and, the, and the peoples. Mm-hmm. And um, it, I, I absolutely loved my time in, in doing title research and leasing, getting to meet the people themselves. And uh, <clears throat> so I had that as a foundation for really becoming immersed in the Acadian history. Um, And then when I, around the age of 55 or so, my husband, for a gift for me for my birthday or Christmas, Mm -hmm. I don't remember which, signed me up for art lessons. Mike Newstrom, the Uh, sheriff. Right, yeah. He he wasn't sheriff at the time. He wasn't sheriff at the time, but, um, but, 
and I I was stunned that he had signed me up, you know, because I had never, ever done any, not even drawing, you know. I, I didn't even feel like I could doodle when I talked on the phone, but beyond that, you know, not really mm -hmm. ever. I had never taken drawing lessons. Um, so I was really angry with him <laughs> for doing that. Now you're stuck. No, yes, because he had already paid the money, mm -hmm. and I didn't want to forfeit well, that. Did you need a new couch or something? I mean, what, you know, it's a gift. It was a gift of love. <laughs> no, no, but, 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 I, but I think the main thing that really freaked me out at the time was just the fear, you know, oh, because yeah. I had convinced myself that I had not been granted that talent. I see. You know, I, I grew up, I'm from a large family. There, I have 12 brothers and sisters. There are mm -hmm. 13 of us. And I'm, I'm one of the older ones. So I grew up in a mothering role. I, I knew how to sew from a young, a very young age. I learned uh, embroidery, mm -hmm. uh, cooking, cleaning, all of the motherly, um, yeah. you know, tr tributes of that degree. But, uh, but art was never a part of it. And so it, it um, I was really shocked, you know, and very much afraid and only went because he had paid the money. And but it didn't take me but a, two or three lessons. Mm -hmm. uh, this was a Pat Soper in Lafayette to to um, to be drawn into mm -hmm. the uh, the feeling of mm -hmm. excitement and accomplishment and uh, intrigue. Yeah of painting, um, and I, I was hooked. I was hooked very early. On. I know you do portraits. Was that how you started? Is no, that what Pat we, Sober we in fact, uh, we were not even allowed to do portraits. Okay. Or if you came with a person that you wanted to paint a photo, uh, mm -hmm. you know, he would say, well, do, do you know that person? And I would go, no, I just saw this photo in a book. And he'd go, well, good, because we don't allow you to do anyone that you know. It's because he knew that the probability of you capturing that likeness yeah, was... Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you, and he wanted you to be a success, not I a see. failure, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. to keep... He wanted you to keep returning, uh -huh. so, um, so... So you liked it. Yes, but we did no no figurative or, you know, it was all, you know, landscape and mm -hmm. maybe still life and a little of that, you know. But, um, but you know, that was the beginning of it. And it, but it, it didn't take long to really reel me in mm -hmm. and, and um, it just have me experience the beauty of creating and, and joining in creation with our maker, you know, yeah. because that's, it, it, it felt to me like a miracle that I was able to do this. And I was so shocked because I had convinced myself I didn't even want to paint, but, but it's because I did not believe that I could paint. Yeah. I did not believe in myself that yeah. I could. And so as the door opened and I, you know, put my little pinky toe in and began to experience you know, some very small measure of success, but now you have to start small, of course, you know. Yeah. Um, then I, I started seeing possibilities mm -hmm. and, and just being, and so I would go home and paint, you know, a lot uh, in between the lessons. Mm -hmm. and, and then, um, you know, eventually started taking workshops around the country and, um, and then, you know, ended up in New York for a, a brief stint of time, maybe a semester at the Art Student League. Well, talk about that, the Art Student um, or studio, is Art Student, Art Student League. League. Mm -hmm. That is for New York yes, residents. Yes. And you were able to get in. Yes, if you want to yes. Talk about well, that, that was just such a strange turn of events because um, I would hear, you know, from time to time at some of these workshops that I would go to that someone had gone to the Art Student League, and I would go, well, how did you get in? Because it is for residents. And, um, and you know, they would have some, some story of how they finagled the way to get in. So finally I called and inquired, and they said, uh, I said, well, what would be my, my chance? And they said, well, it's not, you know, it's limited to New Yorkers. But they said, well, I mean, you could put your name in the, uh, in the drawing. In There's a, a lottery. In, in the lottery. Mm -hmm. And I said, Lottery, and I said, "Well, what what chance would I have of really getting my name drawn?" They said, "Very little," and I said, "Well, go ahead and put it in. You know, mm -hmm. what the heck?" 
So in about six weeks, they called and said my name had been drawn and that I had to decide within a handful of weeks if I was going to come. So that really oh, yeah. put us into high yeah. gear of mm-hmm. locating a place to stay and um, and making all of those arrangements. And then, um, so, you know, Michael took over the household with the, the children. We had our six children at the time. And, uh, <laughs> and, um, and so once I got there, I found out I was only going to go for one month. And once I got there, I found out that if you stayed for this entire semester, the three months, that then you qualified to become a member mm-hmm. for life. As it's, if you're a resident. Yes. Right. So um, Michael was, you know, so supportive of it. He said, well, mm-hmm. look, the hardest part was getting you there, right. you know, if you want to stay. Right. So I was there from August till uh, Thanksgiving. So by that point... Were you really honing in on what you yeah. you enjoyed doing? Yes, yes. Is that when I you had, found the portrait? I had discovered the figure, mm-hmm. uh, figure painting uh, by that point in time, that I, that this is what really spoke to my heart mm-hmm. and my true interest, and uh, and up there, you know, was painting from life the entire time. And uh, you, you got to choose. They would set a model up, you know, dressed in uh-huh. different outfits. Were they all dressed? No, there were some nude. Uh-huh. There were some nude. So um, you had to grow, I guess. In yeah, your that was that life. was a, that was an experience. Mm-hmm. But it's part of the the art, uh, the absorption that takes place in the brain. You are no more looking at a nude figure than you're looking at a, mm-hmm. a at a vase of flowers. You're so focused on form and lighting and proportion, and that anything beyond that is lost you know you 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 really are not thinking in terms of how most people think of nudity you know right um but anyway you you got to choose between painting a person Mm -hmm. or painting a flower in a vase you know a still life and i can tell you that i never once chose the still life Mm -hmm. i always chose the figure so i knew at that point in time that was what was really you know speaking to me as far as yeah right so, CC, you went to the art student, studio, league. The student league. Uh-huh. I want to call it the art studio. Uh-huh. And when was that? Like, how long, long that ago was that? That was in 2009. Okay, so that's 2009. Yes. So, when people visit your website, you've done various portraits. And you, you do work on commission. But you've also done a series. And we're here to talk about the Circadian Heritage oh, Series. But right. you... You also, you paint local people, you'll take a commission. Yes. And yeah. it, that's something, though, have you been doing that a while? Like, uh, I probably started around the same time that I started the series. Um, I had a friend in New Orleans, uh, Judge James McKay. He's the uh, chief judge of the um, Fourth Circuit Court of Appeal. And we're friends. He played football with my husband okay. at USL. And he was like, Cece, I want you to paint my mm-hmm. portrait to hang in the Court of Appeals on Royal Street in New Orleans. Oh I'm like, no, Jimmy, I'm not <laughs> painting your portrait. And I tried to pawn him off on a couple other, what yeah, I consider like real artists, real <laughs> artists in, in town. And and that didn't go anywhere. He kept saying, no, I want you to paint my, mm-hmm. my portrait. I'm going, but Jimmy, I don't. I don't do that. So he opened the door. He he really did. He really uh-huh. did. And that went on. But see, he wasn't ready to retire. Normally, they hang their portrait when they retire. Yeah. So he, he we had several years to mm-hmm. play around with. So we did uh, two different photo shoots in New Orleans, and we did a photo shoot mm-hmm. in Lafayette. And, um, and then I started painting his face. I probably did a dozen times, you know, just to familiarize myself mm-hmm. with his face. And, uh, and eventually, you know, did his, his formal right. portrait. Actually, I did two of them. That's how insecure I was because I was so afraid he wouldn't like it. You let him pick? Yes. <laughs> well, did he, did he want them both? I, I actually gave him the second one later yeah. the, because, yeah. you know, what was I going to do with that? Right. <laughs> Mike might wonder, huh? Why right. does she have a right. portrait of Jimmy? So, so that really... Um, it really propelled me mm-hmm. in a in a true sense of of getting into portraiture right. more so, you right. know, um, and and then you know it was around that time when I started with when I came up with the idea of the Acadian mm-hmm. series. So let's let's go into that. So in Cherie's offices today here at BBR Creative, we have ten 
portraits we're looking at from the, the eight families that I mentioned. Mm-hmm. But you had studied, you know, land, land records. Right. You got to know the history of the Acadians. But what was it that really triggered you to do a series? I, if you want to talk about that first one with um, Cheryl with Perrette, when you Cheryl, went to Cheryl, right, right. she's a friend of yours that you yes. Well, I knew that, you I knew this. I knew uh, Cheryl uh, from you know Lewis being clerk mm-hmm. of court and Michael, you know, with all the political thing and uh, and when I reached out to Cheryl just for general information about these family you know, uh, gatherings that uh, they have, the, the reunions, um, and, I, and sharing with her the idea that I had and what did she think about it. And and at the time, I had thought that I would, I was willing to do this for gratis, for, you know, no, nothing in return, to give them an opportunity to raise money for their Acadian endeavors. You know, they, they were... Uh, doing the digging out in Brobridge trying to find Beausoleil, Broussard's original campsite. And they had been, yes, at the time they had been raising money. And I was like, I will do this, Mm -hmm. you know. To um, contribute, yeah. But, you know, let's figure out a way. Well, we never could. They couldn't figure out a way. And I I didn't know what to Mm -hmm. do. You know, I I, I just want to paint. I I just want to paint. And this is time intensive. Yeah. You know, it's not like you can just whip these. Exactly. So, yeah. Well, yeah. by the time you do, you know, you 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 find a model, you get the clothing. You know, uh, I usually have a number of outfits that I would let the, the women at least choose from, um, and then do a, arrange for a photo shoot. And then I'm going to work with all of the photos and decide mm-hmm. what pose and what yeah. you know what reflects their personality mm-hmm. the way I you know viewed it and uh, and then begin the painting you know and then what I have found through my years of painting is that when I think I'm done that's when the true analysis really comes from it because I have to set it in a corner and let it speak to me for a number of weeks if I have weeks to spare mm-hmm. where some little something may bother me and I'll go, it'll annoy me enough to where I know I need to go back in and uh-huh. if I can find the courage to fix that or to change it. And um, so it's always valuable to be able to hang on to it. If I have to finish it and send it out of the house immediately to a client or whomever, yeah. that's that's very risky because later if I see it, I'm like, oh my yeah. gosh, you know, I right. wish I had done X, Y, Z, you know. I'm curious. Is it the eyes? I mean, I know every part of the face is probably difficult, right? Capturing the mouth, capturing the nose. Like, what normally gets you? Is it any one part of their, well, their face? The you know the eyes. Yeah, because that's the, who you are. Yeah, that's the, the eye window death. to your soul. That's right, the window to your soul. And uh, you'll notice that in the, the majority of my portraits, I do have them looking out where the eyes, you know, are viewing the. They're view the mm-hmm. the painter the the model is viewing the the uh, the person viewing it. They're looking at each other, but um, but I have forced myself because I have the collection of photos. Occasionally, I will choose one where I'm making the making them look down, doing something, maybe picking a flower or okay. holding some a basket of flowers, or in the case of uh, the Malablon subject, the, you know he's got his head down with the fiddle like Mm -hmm. that, you know, where the eye, you know, but it's a real, um, it's a real sacrifice for me because I want to do the eyes so much. Mm -hmm. But I just felt like for a collection of paintings that if I walked into a room and I saw a dozen set of eyes all staring at me from all the way across the room, that um, that it might be a little bit more interesting to have some that were doing something else besides just looking straight out. So, with the paintings that I've seen here, the garb, the the dress, mm-hmm. is authentic mm-hmm. to the time, also mm-hmm. right in the mid right. 1700s. Right. If you want to talk about that, because you had your series in mind, the Acadian Heritage, right. and I know it's grown over time. Right. Right. 
but you're not just painting people and making up the clothes. You researched what was right. know, what they would be wearing, typically yes. the, the type of cotton, the type of outfit. Yes. So who helped you with yes. that? Well, um, as I said, I visited the uh, Acadia Museum um, in, in Abbeville mm -hmm. and uh, with the parents and um, you know they they uh, Mary was there that day when I, I first went and I just kind of perused the place to look at the different artifacts that they had and the in the type of clothing and, and they, they had several paintings there as well that uh, that I was able to view and then um, there's a woman in town Suzanne Bro who uh, she is uh, is a, a fiber specialist and um, and she also works very uh, intimately with Mardi Gras uh, with you know she makes designs and sews these fabulous Mardi Gras gowns so I met with Suzanne and um, so she she really enlightened me a lot as far as the brown cotton you know the Hilliard recently had mm -hmm. a big exhibit of that one Suzanne was very in involved with it and um, so I, I there have been so many people along my journey that um, advised me and educated me mm -hmm. on different components that ended up playing a part in, in the entirety of the series. And the clothing was definitely one of it because if I wanted to clothe them in what looked like period costumes, mm -hmm. outfits, you know, coming up with that. So some were borrowed, you know, some of the outfits were borrowed. A friend of mine, Patsy Foster, worked at, uh, at uh, Acadian Village for many years and she had her outfit. So she said, oh, well, I'll let you have mine. Mm -hmm. And uh, Suzanne Bro uh, ended up loaning me um, Belazar's outfit. Remember the movie Belazar? Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, and that was made with some of the brown cotton. So uh, now that was my only male outfit mm -hmm. that I had. You know, the women had several to choose from, but the right. males, not so. You know? Did you make some of the clothes? Yes, I did. I knew so, you said you were a seamstress. You yes, it, yes. So, so um, you know, I, I needed a variety. You know, mm -hmm. I didn't want the same outfit over and over and over. So I, um, I, I made a couple of the lace-up vests and some of the skirts, and then I made uh, kind of the Evangeline shawl mm -hmm. for one that's in my Babineau painting. Yeah, she's beautiful. Yes, yeah. yes, Kathleen. That's uh, Governor Blanco's granddaughter mm -hmm. is named Kathleen, and uh, Kathleen Boulay. And um, and so she wore the the Evangeline style cloak, you know. So there were several of those that I made because I knew, uh, depending on the height and, right. and, and they're all different sizes. Exactly. Like Annie Perrette is just tiny, She's tiny, tiny. Yes, tiny. Yeah. Now yeah. She, they came. They were the only ones that came with their own outfit. She told me that. Yeah. But she she, she was the first one. Also. She was the first one, yeah. and and uh, and I had not. And then I had a long period of time before mm -hmm. I resumed after her. Mm -hmm. Um, although the little Guidry, uh, the boy and girl Guidrys from Baton Rouge, they provided their own outfits. They did? Yes, yeah. The dad, the grandfather, Marty Guidry, um, he dresses in Acadian, authentic Acadian clothing, and goes and gives talks about the Acadians around, uh -huh. educational talks to different groups. So uh, he's he's into it, you mm -hmm. know. He's he's a real ambassador for the Acadian. How did you find him? That was through uh, through uh, Cheryl Perrette. Okay. Cheryl, you know Cheryl, I would call regularly, yeah. like, okay, I'm I'm looking <laughs> for a a bear, yeah. I'm looking for this, I'm looking mm -hmm. for a Como, I'm, you know. So uh, Cheryl would would say, well, yeah. let me let me see what I can do, and then she would call me back mm -hmm. and give me a name, and so that she put me in touch with the uh, Guidrys. It's been fun for me. I know several of your subjects. You know, I knew Annie Perrette, um, didn't realize her background. And then the Comos, two, right. the daughters, you painted both of them, and we go to church with them. Oh, and I that just is seen, And then Kathleen Blay. Um, but yes. You know, yes. just seeing her, I thought, I, I just wasn't thinking. And Jerry yeah. Prejean is right. one of your right. subjects. Yes. I mean, it's just some well-known yes. people yes. from this area. Right, right. Yeah. And, and many of them, uh, you know, Cheryl did recommend, uh, you know, a contact, uh -huh. but uh, several of them came through reference uh, through my children. You know, like, oh, mom, you, oh, you said you were looking for mm -hmm. a LeBlanc. Well, what about Ramsey? You yeah. know, so yeah. they, you know, my children would put me in touch with um, 
their friends, mm-hmm. you know, and to some some degree, not always, right. but I know that with getting to know some really interesting connections that you never could have known about. And right. you were just talking about Ramsey. Why don't you talk about him and, yeah. and what happened when you painted him? Yes, yes. Um, well, Ramsey was one of the later paintings that I did. And you know, you your style might change a little bit or you might uh, eventually get courage on my part to you know do some type of strokes that maybe I don't, I'm hesitant to do generally, but you're like, well, let me just try this and try that. And so when he, um, when he came to view his painting, he, he just, he, he almost lost his breath when he saw it. He was like, oh, oh my gosh. And, and uh, he said, the blue around the painting, mm-hmm. you know, the blue. And I said, yeah, yeah. And, and I said, I just, it was just a new thing that I mm-hmm. was exploring. It was yeah. like an aura. Like yes, it was like, little yes, it was, of blue. yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. And it did, it, it reflected energy and movement mm-hmm. in the painting, which he's doing the fiddle. Yeah. I don't even know how to hold a fiddle, but mm-hmm. he was, you know, so he was playing the fiddle. And so I wanted some movement and energy and, um, life you know and so this blue emerged like that and so he he just was though taken aback and and uh, I was like yeah you know it just it just what happened you know when I was painting it and he said well I I just he said I'm so touched because and he went on to explain um, and I've I've asked him about sharing this you know he he actually lost his mother during the time that I was painting his painting and and um, he had been seeing someone to work through the grief, you know, and the sorrow of that. And this person uh, had told him in her visits with him that she felt an energy, a, a blue energy about him, about his persona when she was counseling with him. And, you know, he just took note of that. And then when he walked in and saw the painting and saw the blue emanating from it, it gives me chills right now yeah. to, to think about it. He, he was just really, it, it really, you know, stunned him and then it, it affected me. And so, um, the, you know, that's an example of, of um, you know, a, a connectedness that yeah. happens between the painter and the model and it, it goes so beyond what the, we can see. Yes, the paint yeah. that you you have on your brush. I mm-hmm. mean, it really, it really, uh, it is really something that inhabits the heart and soul of, of the person before you. Was that an example that you were talking about where you let the painting sit and then you... Oh, yes, that it? one I, I, I did because I, I did struggle for a while with how this was going to work. Mm-hmm. And in fact, at one point I had a lot more blue in it but it bothered me and I, I just got real frustrated. The paint was still wet and I took some kind of a, like a plastic card and I just scraped, 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 scraped. Mm-hmm. Well, what it did was it made these lines and then the blue still emanated right off of the body. And when I, after I did it, I was like, I kind of like that. Mm-hmm. I kind of like, like it like that. Right. Because the lines as they were scraped away you know, you could, you mm-hmm. still had the sense of movement, right? And so I left that that way. So it it, it was all just serendipity. You and know, he liked what, it also. Yes, yes. Yeah. Oh yeah, he he was thrilled with it. And, and his mom can see it now from heaven. Yes, you know? uh, absolutely. Yeah. And then I had another really um, event with one of my models, the Como Camille Como, mm-hmm. and um, I did not know Camille. Camille is the niece of the parents, right? And they had recommended, I had called them once for a recommendation, and they had given me her name. And I did not know Camille, so Camille came, and, um, you know, we took time to see what outfit. I let them choose and try on the different outfits and select what they feel comfortable in. And then we do our photo shoot, and we had been in two or three rooms, and then finally she finished she went back and put her jeans on, and we were sitting and visiting at my coffee table and um, just kind of getting to know her a little bit more. And she said, on the coffee table, I had two or three little pottery pieces. And uh, she said, you know, you see those pottery pieces right there? And I was like, yeah, yeah. She said, I made those. <laughs> I was like, what? Yeah. what? Are you kidding? Mm-hmm. And 
And and, and that gives me chills also yeah. because yeah. but Michael had bought those recently. He he's gotten into pottery also. I love pottery. Yeah, he yes. And, and US UL Lafayette yes. always has pottery shows. Well see Camille students. had majored in pottery mm-hmm. and uh, so they had their sale and he had gone and bought these pieces. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, we didn't know who they belonged to. So and I had them just sitting and I thought, well, what was the chance of her coming into my home we were in several different rooms mm-hmm. to sit there, and, to sit there yeah. and her point that out it was just such an astounding mm-hmm. experience yeah for her too yes mm-hmm. yes and and uh, so those are the types of things that you you never can plan for you know you, you're not expecting but it it um it just brings a full circle, you know, to the right. experience right. of, of of painting this person. So, we have ten, you know, pieces mm-hmm. of your work here at uh, BBR Creative. Are you in the process of painting again with the series, or um, where are you? I don't have another one lined up right now. I actually, just because I love painting children, also, mm-hmm. and I just. Just the last couple of days, I've started on a, a portrait of a, of a little baby, and I love doing mother and child oh. paintings also. Yeah. Um, but I will, I do want to do a handful more of the Acadian series, and um, and I, I will be getting onto that. Mm-hmm. I, I will be pursuing that, and I probably, as I said, a Boudreaux and Thibodeau. That's what and- I'm saying. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, and there's probably some names we don't even know about that you know, were more common. I, you know what I'm saying? Through the years, when I looked online to research you, I was looking at a lot of blurbs, too, from Nova Scotia. There's right. such a strong connection yes. still, you know, with the Acadians. And the names are the same, but they're spelled a little yes. differently. Yes. You know, I guess through the years, X's were added exactly. and T's well, were dropped. Well, well, I have been told that the X came by way of the fact that they were not literate. And they did not know how to sign oh. their name. And so they were used to putting an X that someone would write their name. And then they put an X that they... Really? That they... Uh, acknowledging mm-hmm. that I signed that X. Uh-huh. So all these names have an X. Now, whether that's true or not, it's all part of the... It sounds good. Yeah. <laughs> the mystique, you know, of the Cajun culture right. that we're we're used to here but they may have been because of the way they were so abruptly exactly. exiled you know yes. and end up they went first just so people know they went first like to the main area some of them were All in the US on the east coast yeah and some this, stayed there so there's quite yeah, a few and there's oh, yeah. and there are Acadians in Michigan also yeah which i didn't know until Chuck Wood and Delta Media yeah so there are enclaves of Acadians yes. but the majority wanted to be in a more french speaking Right, region such right. as we have here. Well, they they had terrible hardships mm-hmm. all along the East Coast and, you know, kept trying to find somewhere that wanted them and mm-hmm. could help provide them with um, what they needed to make their own life successful. Right. Right. And it was just a, a real struggle. And But in my, from what I understood from Carl Brasso's uh, historical, mm-hmm. you know, book, um, they were well received, more well received in Louisiana, mm-hmm. and uh, and were able to obtain land and 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 through their hard work and endurance and whatnot um, flourished. Mm-hmm. And then they started putting out the word, you know, to yeah. some of the other areas, come join us. Mm-hmm. So some, you know, other they bands, would make the yes, yeah. yes, would join. Mm-hmm. I, I know you were kidding about, you know, we've spoken your Irish O'Keefe, um, mm-hmm. C.C. O'Keefe Newstrom, and I, I didn't grow up here either. I have more of an English background. Uh-huh. But the one thing that struck me when I moved here almost 40 years ago, I moved here in 83, was the the culture of welcoming people and that can-do attitude. Like, mm-hmm. you know, people take care of themselves, they take care of others right. when it's needed. Yes. But I'm sure you've seen that in your research, that yeah, and not people just, stay here, they like it here. Exactly, and not just in my research for the series, but my experience mm-hmm. in, the, in the petroleum landing mm-hmm. work. Yeah. You know, you, you, you saw that with family after family after family. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, just the the... You know the close family units. You know all of their relatives. Um, you have to sit and you know join them at the table 
and and they welcome you to the table. Right. You know, uh, they let you be a part of their family, mm-hmm. and um, and you know it, and and that's why I just think it is it has flourished so much. You know, be, because of their their willingness right. to be open, right, to others. We've talked about a lot. Um, and we'll be welcoming Cherie Bear in a bit to join us to yeah. talk about your connection with Cherie and her daughter, Jamie. Is there anything that you thought I'd bring up? Anything that, you know, you'd like to share while we're, we're taping? Well, um, you know, the whole story of how I ended up mm-hmm. here at this, in this chair, in this building, you know, has been just an amazing journey to me. And... Um, one of my greatest missions has been that I, I really wish that everyone could experience the joy of art. I never, I, I never, I never dreamed that art would influence me the mm-hmm. way that it has and, um, and challenged me in the way that it has. Um, and but the beauty of it um, is, is something that I just wish that I wish I had been able to experience this younger in mm-hmm. life, you mm-hmm. know. But on the other hand, I think that God's timing was perfect for me. Yeah. Because had I started younger, I may have been inclined to want to use it as a career. And to me, if I were doing this for a career where I needed to earn money. I think that the joy that I have would perhaps be diminished. Yeah, and you were so busy with raising all your children. Right, and, yeah. right. That, so. that, that the joy that I have received from it is so much contingent on giving it away, yeah. sharing it. Mm-hmm. I, it. It's not about the money. And now it's nice to it's nice to have it's money. nice yeah. it's nice to be compensated mm-hmm. you know to a, to a, to a degree but to you can be, make your house payment or your right car yes or go buy it. more art supplies yeah. or go take that workshop Which in New York that yeah. you want to go take you mm-hmm. know uh, but that's not what the, is the driving force mm-hmm. you know the driving force is coming from the heart of yeah. wanting to share share my work share my joy and then you receive back mm-hmm. that's that's a greater payment than what a dollar bill could ever be and you know i hadn't thought about it like that but sometimes that pursuit of money does cause a block in the creativity yes. because you're so focused on the bottom line and not yeah what you're creating yeah whatever it is yeah for all of us right you know? uh in fact you know you know, a lot of times I'll do a painting for um, when they have different in, different uh, nonprofits that are having mm-hmm. their you know events, and I'll donate to and all. But but if I get in a rut of saying now, what will what do people what would people want to bid on? Mm-hmm. What what do they want? And if I go down that rabbit hole of trying to paint something that I am imagining is the trend and that people want to buy and they want to hang. Yeah. I can almost be assured that I am not going to be pleased with what I've done. Mm-hmm. That that I I know myself enough to know I have to paint what my heart. Yeah. I have to sing my song, you know, mm-hmm. with my painting, and not be worried about is it going to sell or are other people going to like it? Um, mm-hmm. You know, what is it going to you know is it going to be you know acceptable yeah. to others? Mm-hmm. Um, that that just puts such a, a negativity yeah. uh, on it. Well, Cece Newstrom, you have inspired me. I have to tell you. <laughs> I mean, when I first met you, I just I didn't get the depth of what you were doing because I didn't know your background. I think we had met through town, you know, right. through something, but right. I didn't know yeah. the love you had found of painting and your faith is really what grabbed me. I think that's what I felt. The energy, when people get to see these portraits, the energy behind each one, mm-hmm. I think that's what it is. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a soul connection. It, 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 because it, you let it flow through God. Right. God flowed through yes, you yes. and gave you this talent. That's right. I mean, I, I, I thank God all the time for opening my eyes. And, of course, it came through Michael, though, you mm-hmm. know, with him 
stepping out and doing that, you know. Yeah. Uh, what a great husband. Yes. Yeah, and he's, he's been so supportive. He's <laughs> building me a new little art studio in our backyard right now. Um, you know, give me a little bit more elbow room to yeah. throw paint around and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. uh, but he's been an immense support. And uh, not everybody can say that, you okay. know. Um, but I, I've been so appreciative mm -hmm. of it. And I want to thank you for sharing yourself with us on Discover Lafayette. Um, it's just, it's an honor. So thank you. I thank you, for being Jane, here so much. Yeah. It's such my joy. Thank you. Cherie Bear. CEO of BBR Creative is joining us now to discuss her involvement in showcasing Cece Newstrom's Acadian Heritage Portrait Series and what drew her in. We're taping at the beautiful offices of BBR Creative in Lafayette, and they're in the exquisite Morgan Anders home, which I just love. It's on South Pierce Street by downtown. It was originally built in 1918. And this is where I was first introduced to Cece's work. I wasn't familiar with the extent of her painting talent, and Cherie had opened up her office to showcase the work. And I want to thank you, Cherie, for allowing us to tape here in your office and also discuss what brought you in to share Cece to the larger world. So I'm going to turn it over to you, and y'all can talk about you know, your involvement in lifting people up in the community and, and how you two got to, to know each other better. Okay. So, um, Cece and I um, know one another because her daughter, Kim, worked for me at one time, and that's when we first met through Kim. And so we had, you know, a friendship, you know, from a while back. Um, and I guess last year or the year before... It's been a couple. Uh, Cece too. reached out to me because Kim suggested that um, my daughter, Jamie, may be a good um, model mm -hmm. right. <laughs> for one of her portraits. And so I, I just asked a few questions like, well, what are you actually painting? And she told me about um, her idea to paint mm -hmm. the descendants of the first Acadians. And our last name is Bear. My husband's family is from um, Vermilion Parish. And they are A-Bears. And so um, she was interested in using Jamie to sit for a portrait. And I just thought the idea behind what she was trying to do was just very intriguing. Mm -hmm. It was interesting to me because I think it was a different take on um, how you celebrate the culture by painting the descendants of the first Acadians. And so uh, Jamie did sit for that portrait and... Um, Cece gifted it back to us as a family after she finished, and I was so impressed with it. And I was so impressed with the idea that she actually made the period clothes, and she took her time really um, researching the crest and all sorts of things. And I just thought it was a good idea. Mm -hmm. I thought it was a good idea. And so I told her at the time, but it was in the middle of COVID, right? And I told her at the time, I said, you know, if I have the opportunity when I get my new place here at Pier Street, which I like to think of as a collaboration house, um, I, I would love to host some type of art show for you and give you the opportunity to showcase your work to others because it's a good idea. It's a great and, idea. Yeah, it's a great <laughs> idea. And um, owning an advertising marketing firm, we're in the business of ideas, right? And mm -hmm. so we're always creating ideas to help clients market themselves. And, and I thought... As a, as a woman who really, um, you know, it's for no personal gain except personal satisfaction, uh, she, she came up with this idea for this project. And so um, I told her, I said, you know, the most logical time for us to do this kind of show would be during Festival Acadien because it's, it, it naturally goes mm -hmm. with the festival, right, um, promoting uh, Acadians. So that's what we did. And um, I hosted the event here, and we hung 10 portraits. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I probably can't say them all by heart, but maybe could. <laughs> um, the families that were represented mm -hmm. through the series. And we invited um, friends, and we had a nice Cajun musician. And we showcased her work here. And mm -hmm. I was proud to do that, and I'm so proud of her. It's just wonderful when you have a passion for something. Mm -hmm. And, and that, you know, everybody has ideas, but not many people, you know, actually implement. And, and you actually took it to the next level. And I, and I admire that about you. Thank Thank you. Cherie. Yeah, when I saw Jamie Hebert, Cherie's daughter, I've known her since she was a tiny little girl. And when I saw your painting of her, 
you know, it was as if she was back in the 1700s. It just seemed like you captured the spirit of the Acadians. Thank you, thank you. Well, the photo shoots that I did of each of the models were, you know, they had their own innate challenges because I'm not a photographer. I've never had photography lessons in my life. So for me to kind of learn lighting and positioning and angles and uh, what time of day, you know, that was all that was all a new experience. And um, but it, it still it, it creates such a personal mm -hmm. experience with the models, you know, that um, you're getting to know them, you're getting to observe skin color, body posture, mm -hmm. you know, personality. And those are all elements that I want to put on that two-dimensional canvas, right. you know. Right. Um, people always say portraits are taking a three-dimensional figure and putting it on a two-dimensional flat surface. But, and that is so true. But for me, what I really feel is that I am putting a three-dimensional person on a three-dimensional mm. canvas because it's it's a fullness of the person that I'm I'm going after. Um, you know? I never asked you this before, but what um, what uh, prompted you to do like the photograph first rather than having somebody sit? I mean, is it just a time issue? Or? It is. It's a time issue. And because, you know, people don't, I would probably have to have them come two or three days, you know, to right. sit. And, you know, you're wrestling. And the costumes, the outfits that we, we came up with, they're not all made to fit that model. So a lot of times, mm -hmm. you know, they're pinned and taped and, you know, scrunched up in the mm -hmm. back. Um, and all of that would, you know, have a level of discomfort for sitting for a long period of time. And, um, and I get to, with the photographing, I get to have the opportunity to have many different poses angles, lights, different, you know, objects that they may be holding or mm -hmm. they might be standing behind. Uh, some of it is created, you know, my backgrounds uh, are not all what was actually there. Um, but <clears throat> I get to go back and really select carefully what I think mm -hmm. are the better images of what I'm trying to mm -hmm. portray. So, whereas if you're painting from life, I do love painting from life, and when I was at the Art Student League of New York, that's all that I did the entire time I was there was paint from life. And uh, it has an exhilarating component to it, um, but it, wasn't, it, it doesn't work for me for this project, you know. So, uh, and now I, I have a slew of all these fabulous photographs mm -hmm. that I can go back and, and do other paintings from. So, you know, it, it was... It just really worked for me that way. How did you feel, Cherie, when you saw the final portrait of Jamie? Well, I just, it, it, well, first of all, it was a very strong likeness. Oh, yes. I mean, it, it's hanging in the hall at the office and people come through and Jamie works with us here at BBR. And so they're like, is that, is that you, Jamie? <laughs> um, I, I think that the thing that really, every time I look at the work, because it's hanging here um, and has been hanging here for a month or so, um, is I wonder what the original Acadian families like the Bears and the Comos and those first descendants would think mm -hmm. at this point in time that somebody took an interest in painting their descendant and that these young, well, a lot of them are young people. Mm -hmm. um, there are a few that are a little older. Sorry, Jerry Prejean. <laughs> but um, most of them are young people. Mm -hmm. And I wonder what they would think of somebody taking that kind of interest. I know... I think about myself and think about how fascinating it would be that 200 mm -hmm. years from now somebody would paint my descendant and put my name on it. What I was wondering, and, and it was a feeling I got, it, it stirred my heart, looking at the individuals, the, uh -huh. the, the young men, Jerry Prejean, <laughs> and the young women, did their ancestors really even think they'd still be here? Were they thinking they would end up back you know, in Nova Scotia? But yet here these families are. It was through grit and perseverance. Mm. I mean, these were tough times. And uh, I, I just, I don't know, I was, I was touched by mm -hmm. what you captured. Because mm -hmm. these were individuals as opposed to the large paintings that we usually see with crowds the, of people. The, the murals. Yeah, and, yeah. And I, I also think, and this is more directed to you, Cece, but I also wonder, um, you're not of Cajun descent yourself. Right. And the interest that other people have of your lineage, like the lineage of people here, 
and the rich history and culture we have that some places in America don't have. But your interest in that, um, you want to talk about right, that? Right, right. Well, you know, living here, there's no there's no escaping it. I mean, you, you are absorbed mm -hmm. into this culture. And, of course, I, all of my children were raised here. So we're... We've, we may not be of Cajun heritage. I'm actually Irish, O'Keefe, but, um, but to be able to embrace the, the uh, culture in a way that you feel like you are Cajun, mm -hmm. you know, that's, that's kind of how. Well, I don't know if you'll ever do this series, but my good friend Moon is Korean and she's from Boston. Mm -hmm. But she calls herself an Asian Cajun, oh. so that that goes to. But it speaks to what you're talking about, right? right? Come in here and being immersed. Yes, and you know, uh, history books have been written, plays have been written, songs have been sung, uh, the murals have been mm -hmm. painted. But what I really wanted to do was to be able to capture these individuals, right. you know, their essence, their persona, the heart and soul. Uh, through portraiture and you know the um, the greater story is is so intertwined with it that it speaks for itself mm -hmm. but um, you know the dressing them in the outfits you know was something that I, I really I, I researched I went down to the Acadian mm -hmm. Museum you know looked at the type of clothing that they had on exhibit there um, down in Abbeville and um, you know I looked through some books I talked with some uh, fabric historians um, about the type of cloth. The beauty of oil painting is that you can make things any color you want to. You know, you don't have to paint right. what the color is. But I wanted to try to reflect the style and, you know, mm -hmm. uh, color as much as, you know, realistically right. fit the time period. Well, you captured Jamie. I can talk, we can talk about all the others, you know, throughout the interview. But to capture Jamie and to go back in that time period, I just thought it was a lovely gift. And when I learned that you weren't even charging for your work, it really is a passion, as Sheree was is. saying. The, um, the good thing about this project is Cece has lots more families that she yeah. can cover. Well, no Boudreaux know. or Thibodeau yet. Uh, yeah, because how many... Um, well, Jamie's marrying a Boudreaux. Okay. Well, so maybe we can uh, maybe do her baby or right, something. Right. Um, but, but, you know, in your research, um, every time I think about uh, the Acadians coming from Nova Scotia to South Louisiana, I think about the film that's so beautifully done that um, is at the John Lafitte, Jean Lafitte Center at Vermilionville. Mm -hmm. Have you seen that mm -hmm. film? It's just I, beautiful. Not, I've not seen that. Oh well, I thought for sure you got this idea from it. But yeah. you know, there's mm -hmm. a film that they had that they produce like every hour. You can watch oh, this film. It's okay, wonderful. And it talks about that whole historic journey mm -hmm. and how they, you know, were exiled and how mm -hmm. they managed to get here. And all of the when you were doing the research though, and you know, there's so many family names, right? Right. Um, right. But you were basically starting with like people you knew. Is that how you well, started? Well, what what really started it was I had the idea, but I saw in the paper where Cheryl Perrette, who is a Broussard, Cheryl Broussard Perrette, was speaking for the Broussard family reunion. You know, they have the huge family reunions every few years, and they tie it together with the Congrès up in Nova Scotia. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I had read that Cheryl was, you know promoting the Broussard one. And uh, so I thought, well, I'm, I know Cheryl, so I'm going to call Cheryl and ask her, you know, tell yeah. her that I'm looking for uh, a representative of the right. Broussard family. Mm -hmm. And uh, at that time, though, I wanted them to actually have the Broussard name, you see, you know, rather than a married name or the mother's married name, you know. Okay. But I eventually gave that up because it just it kept me in, in too many constraints to be able to find find my models, mm -hmm. you know, so. But Jamie was an A-bear, so. Yeah, yes. you succeed. Yeah. Right, yeah. right. So anyway, but but so I, I have, um, I have over the course, in, and I started this actually eight years ago was when I did Annie Perrette. Mm -hmm. And I, I had a long uh, hiatus of, you know, not, not working on that uh, project for a number of years. I re resumed it in maybe 2019 or so. And, um, and then once Cherie offered that, you know, we had possibly a display uh, in the future to look forward to, yeah. then I kind of got on the stick and really yeah. tried, you know, tried well, to, like, 
have enough <laughs> enough work to be able to display. Cherie's always been a motivator and and a <laughs> rainmaker. I think. I mean, I th- I'm hoping that our interview is going to really ignite interest in yeah. your work. You know, have people uh, realize that this is a community effort to, well, to document the the heritage. I can't imagine that in some you know some museum style setting that celebrates Acadians. I cannot imagine that this wouldn't be a valuable collection of work because, and as time goes by and you add to that collection, it just seems like it's definitely a nod to, you know, those first descendants. And it's just, right. it's to me, it's just interesting. But I, you know, I like genealogy at some level. And um, so I just, and I think people who are very proud, I really hope that there are people around Acadiana who um, are very proud of their personal heritage and who are part of those those reunion groups and genealogy mm-hmm. groups who really could see your work and appreciate the effort you put into honoring those families. That mm-hmm. would be like a desire of mm-hmm. mine that I would like them to mm-hmm. yeah. reflect on that and what it means. Mm-hmm. And dig mm-hmm. deeper into their own families. Yeah. I think that's what I'm hoping comes from this, that people see the beauty. You know, we know it's a beautiful culture, but to see these paintings really brings it to life. Right. And, and I also think about in Nova Scotia itself, like um, my daughter does speak French. She went to St. Anne in, New, mm-hmm. in, in Nova Scotia. And when you're there, my husband plays Cajun music and he's played music there a lot. I mean, everybody has those family names. I mean, it's like mm-hmm. you're walking around town and the cemetery and everywhere, and it's all the same, you know, it's where the, the descendants were. And I think that would be even a wonderful show for them to have, you know, right. like um, right. to showcase somewhere there. So anyway, I'm an idea person, so I like right. to think yeah. about possibilities <laughs> and opportunities. Mm-hmm. But, um, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, yeah, so I appreciate that. Yeah. I um, want to thank you for joining us in this segment because you really – you connected Cece and I, and we've had a long, long-lasting friendship. And I just, um, you do so much for people. I thank wanted you, you to Jan. be a big part That's of this. So nice and I can't you thank you enough. It oh. was just a dream. Blushing. A dream. Well, <laughs> and thank you for letting us tape here today. No um, problem. Cherie Abear, CEO of BBR Creative. I look forward to more discussions with you. Thank you, Jan. Thank you for joining us. Thank you, thank Cece. Thank you, Cherie. <laughs> Jamie Abear, thank you for joining us. We've just interviewed Cece Newstrom with the Acadian Heritage Series, as well as your mom, Cherie, and we've been talking about Cece's love of painting and her, really, the uh, attention she's she's given to the heritage. You know, people such as you, the Abears. I think she said she's done already eight families. And I was curious if you could share, on your end, being the subject that was painted, what was it like to put on the garb and to be brought back in time to the 1700s, you know, sure. as a young Acadian woman? How did you feel? Sure. Well, first, I was honored when she first reached out and thought, absolutely, this sounds so fun. Um, and so to see it all come to life has been awesome. But the entire experience was just such an enjoyable one, but really did put me back in time and make me think about what life was like. So Mm -hmm. I showed up to Cece's house and she had all of the attire laid out and I was able to kind of pick and choose Mm -hmm. and the things that might have spoken to me most. And after getting dressed, I went out into her backyard and sat with a basket and sat with flowers. And it was in that moment, you know, no makeup, just all things natural, really thinking about what life was like. And Mm -hmm. It wasn't until I saw the actual piece painted and completed that it all kind of came full circle mm-hmm. and actually was made me teary-eyed because, you know, I have always loved the Abear family and Cajun heritage and um, even went to University Santa Anne and saw many of Abear headstones and things mm-hmm. like that in Nova Scotia. But it was just really such a rich experience and it actually is putting more of a more modern face with the name. Um, as opposed to just talking about us in a larger right. sense. Right. I hadn't even realized you went to St. Anne, so th- that mm-hmm. does bring it home. It definitely does. The original site. I it mean, definitely Nova does. Scotia. Yeah. yeah. Well, Jamie Abear, thank you so much for just sharing yourself. And for people that haven't seen Cece's work, including your portrait, the energy that emanates from it is, is so compelling. So she, she chose a beautiful model. Oh, well, thank you. And I'm really excited that 
you know, CC's work is being celebrated, but also we're all finding unique ways to learn more about the history of our culture and our mm-hmm. heritage and um, how that all really does come to life through people we all know. So right. it's been great to see other models as well and talk to them about their experiences. And um, it's a it's a very unique one for mm-hmm. sure. Thank you, Jamie. Thanks, Jamie. Pleasure to see you. We couldn't tape Discover Lafayette without our sponsors. So as we're closing, I do want to thank our very generous sponsors, Oxner, Lafayette General, Home Bank, and of course, Raider, and in particular, Jason Sikora, who mixes our tape and makes it sound professional. And today's special show was taped by Kelly Swift, who may or may not be my daughter, but she's a (laughs) professional videographer coming up in the world. I'm very grateful to have you here with Cece and I, Kelly. Thank you for for listening to us. Please check out the website, discoverlafayette.net. You can find Cece's interview along with about 260 others on the website. And if you haven't subscribed, please consider subscribing. On behalf of Discover Lafayette, I'm Jan Swift. 